0: my name is james bean welcome to spiritual awakening radio this week's program is all about sound mysticism in christianity and in Gnosticism. This is the Yoga of Sound series, exploring sound mysticism in the great world, religions, spiritual classics, world scriptures, and the path of the masters. During part one, I shared various passages from Buddhist teachers and scriptures about sound meditation. I did that to provide a great introduction to this whole Experience of hearing inner spiritual or heavenly sound. Especially the Buddhist tradition has a great perspective from the meditation cushion, a very practical experiential explanation of sound and its effects upon the listener, the one who hears. I ended the program last week with a short shout-out to the Baha'i Faith And I think I'll begin today sharing one of those passages from the Baha'i Faith. I don't have a lot of material from Baha'i or other mystics of the Baha'i Faith, but this passage serves as a great example of light and sound mysticism, transcendental seeing and hearing in the great world religions. This is a short paragraph from... Baha'i law and then we'll move on to Christianity and gnosticism. Baha'i teaches, quoting from the Mathnawe, the great work written by Jalaluddin Rumi, the Sufi poet, that man will not be able to receive the light of God in this day unless he acquires a new eye. Eyes which are fixed on the things of this world can never see the glory of his revelation and ears which are tuned to the voices of the ungodly cannot hear the melodies of the kingdom. By new eyes and new ears, he means spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. He states that since the eye of the spirit receives its light from God, it is shameful to let it turn to a stranger and reaffirms that the purpose of God in creating the inner eye was that man might behold the beauty of his manifestation in this world. God's manifestation in this world, or during this life. That's from the teachings of Bahá'í of the Bahá'í Faith, which uh, is somewhat similar to Sufism. The mystical aspects certainly are, for instance, the hidden words of Bahá'u'lláh is a very eloquent, poetic, spiritual, mystical text that might remind one of a Sufi poet like Rumi. Spiritual seeing and spiritual hearing, another kind of vision and another kind of audition for those who have ears to hear. That's the theme. Christianity, the Judeo-Christian and Gnostic traditions of the West. In the Coptic Gospel of Thomas, saying 17, we read, I will give you what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no hand has touched, and what has never occurred to the human mind. That's a saying attributed to Jesus from the Gospel of Thomas about another kind of seeing, another kind of hearing, another kind of perceiving or touching. And perceiving a realm that most people in this world don't even expect to exist. It just doesn't occur to the typical human mind. This is the revelation that the Living Master imparts to his or her students. There is an axiom of wisdom found in many world scriptures about exploring inner space, the kingdom of God, spiritually or mystically with new eyes and hearing spiritually with new ears. This saying about seeing what no physical eye has seen and what no material ear has heard appears in many ancient scriptures of the West and the East. Visionary mysticism inner seeing and hearing are universal experiences of contemplative souls in the various world religions. Living spiritual masters teach their students how to see and hear spiritually, initiating them into the mysteries of the kingdom of the heavens. I know of a few such living masters. They are rare in this world, but they do exist. Within the human body with eyes closed during meditation, There are different kinds of lights, stars, moons, and suns, dark voids, lights within lights, visions within visions, like a tunnel, and beyond these is bright light, like the noonday sun. But the blind leading the blind will never speak of these experiences. Only masters who are experiencers, only mystics, are interested in mysticism. In the Ethiopian Bible is preserved a Jewish apocryphal text that reminds me of a near-death experience. And this angel said to me, Isaiah, I set you free, for you have seen what no mortal man has ever seen before. Yet you must return to your garments of flesh until your days are completed. Then will you come up here again. Ascension of Isaiah chapter 11 verse 34. how cool is that that's an example of an apocryphal text that's why I'm into studying and collecting and exploring apocryphal texts just for gems like that amazing verses like that it sounds like an nde a near-death experience it's not your time yet Isaiah go back to your body <laughs> but you'll you'll be back you'll be da- you'll be back one day soon Jesus, or Yeshua, in the uh, Jesus movement. How privileged are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. His power will be given to them, which no eye has seen, nor ear heard, and they will rejoice in my kingdom. A saying attributed to Jesus in an apocryphal book called Testament of the Lord in Galilee The rest of you shall inherit the kingdom of heaven, whose delights no ear has heard described, which no eye has seen, and which has not appeared in the human heart. Jesus quoted in a document known as the Apocryphal Gospel of John, not to be confused with the canonical canonical Gospel of John of the New Testament. This is an apocryphal Gospel of John, an entirely different gospel. Yeshua says, what your own eyes cannot see, your human ears do not hear, your physical hands cannot touch, and what is inconceivable to the human mind, that I will give to you. Another translation of the Gospel of Thomas, saying 17. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 Gnostic Paul, St. Paul the Apostle in the New Testament says, "...it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him." A Manichaean scripture from Central Asia, "...that I may redeem you from death and annihilation, I will give you what you have not seen with the eye." nor heard with the ears, nor grasped with the hand. A passage found in the Turfan Fragments, translated in the book Gnosis on the Silk Road. The 10th century Persian Sufi master Jalani quotes an interesting passage from the Holy Quran in his book concerning the affirmation of divine oneness, a Sufi classic. I have prepared for my righteous servants that which no eye has ever seen, of which no ear has ever heard, and of which has never occurred to the heart of man. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? From the canonical prayer book of the Mandaeans, translated by E. S. Drower, Thou hast showed us that which the eye has not seen, and caused us to hear that which the human ear has not heard. Thou hast freed us from death and united us with life, released us from darkness and united us with light. Thou hast shown us that which the eye has not seen, and caused us to hear that which the human ear has not heard. Kabir, in India, from the Sri Guru Granth Sahib, or Sikh scriptures, also known as the Adi Granth. May I see you with my eyes, hear your sound with my own ears, speak your name in my own words, O Lord. Rest your flower-like feet on my heart. Guru Nanak, also from India. We speak without tongue, we see without eyes, we hear without ears, we walk without feet, and we work without hands. Amazing, isn't it? There is a universal mysticism, East and West, and that particular saying is so useful. What will happen to you if you follow the path? what will happen to you if, you if you sit at the feet of the Master and receive initiation from him or her what is the meditation technique about what is the goal seeing in a new kind of way with transcendental sight hearing in a new kind of way with transcendental hearing tasting something of the heavens now by way of a contemplative meditation practice for many, it will be a new concept to discover that there is such a thing as Christian mysticism. Well, it is true, the further west you go, the mysticism part dries up, and is pretty scarce, shall we say. But the further east you go in Christianity, the more mystical it is. As in Mount Athos and Eastern Orthodoxy, the spiritual classics known as the Philokalia, five volume Set of mystical writings of various saints. And then, if you keep on going east, you end up in the Syriac Aramaic East, home of St. Isaac of Nineveh, and the Syrian saints of the St. Thomas school of Christian mysticism, where there are a few more mystical rungs of the heavenly ladder and some pretty amazing texts, at least in days gone by. The sound current, the audible life stream in the Judeo-Christian tradition and Gnostic and other mystical traditions. The English mystic Richard Roll reflects in his spiritual classic, The Fire of Love, when Christ wishes it, he receives within himself the song sent into him from the heavens, and his meditation is changed into melody and his spirit lingers in marvellous harmony." An amazing passage where he is describing something of his own spiritual life, his own encounter with the divine, in the silence of contemplative meditation practice. In the light of God, which is called the Kingdom of Heaven, the sound is wholly soft, pleasant, Lovely, pure, and thin. God, who is spirit, has by and through his manifestation introduced himself into distinct spirits, which are the voices of his eternal, pregnant harmony in the manifested word of his great kingdom of joy. They are God's instrument in which his spirit melodizes in his kingdom of joy they are angels, the flames of fire and light in a living understanding dominion. If you should in this world bring many thousand sorts of musical instruments together and all should be tuned in the best manner most artificially and the most skillful masters of music should play on them in concert together All would be no more than the howlings and barkings of dogs in comparison to the divine music which rises through the sound divine and tunes from eternity to eternity, said the German cobbler mystic Jacob Bohme, or Jacob Boheme if you were going to pronounce it in an Americanized or Anglicized sort of way. In the beginning was the Logos, the Word. The Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. John chapter 1, verse 1. The divine Logos is the helmsman and governor of the universe. The everlasting Logos of the eternal God is the very sure and staunch prop of the whole. The very sure and staunch prop of the whole. But the shadow of God is his word or logos, which he used like an instrument when he was making the world. And this shadow, and as it were, model is the archetype of other things. That's a passage from Philo of Alexandria, Egypt, a Jewish mystic greatly influenced by Pythagorean teachings and the Essenes and the Therapeutae Greek philosophy and he used that term Logos at about the same time the Gospel of John uh, was published in the beginning was the Logos someone else was using that same vocabulary uh, during the first century late first century the divine Logos Heaven is ever making music, producing in accordance with its celestial motions the perfect harmony. To such strains it is said Moses was listening, when having become disembodied for forty days and as many nights, he touched neither bread nor water at all. Another passage from Philo of Alexandria, from a chapter about the music of the spheres in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the founding master of the community known as the Teacher of Righteousness, in one of his hymns, said some very mystical things. My favorite part of the Dead Sea Scrolls are the Psalms, the Psalm Scroll. Behold, my heart was amazed that thus the Word was revealed to one with ears unattuned, And that a wayward heart was able to grasp these things, said the master of Qumran. And there I'm using a translation called the Dead Sea Scriptures, translated by Theodore H. Gaster, published originally by Anchor Press. All quotes are for fair use educational purposes. What else is Christ but the sound of God? It says in a book known as the Acts of John. Experiences with the sound current, people hearing heavenly music, are also recorded in the Bible and other spiritual writings of the West. The book of Revelation is an out-of-body experience. I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of rushing waters and like a peal of thunder. After that, the sound I heard, was like that of harpists playing their harps. Book of Revelation, New Testament. The heavenly sound of a trumpet induces the ascension to the heavens at the beginning of Revelation, chapter 4, in the New Testament. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and a voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said come up here and I will show you what must take place after this at once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it sound is what causes souls to ascend into the heavenly realms and quite often with these experiences described in scriptures like this There is a sound. And then all of a sudden, someone has left their body and has gone to the third heaven or some other realm. Enoch raised upon the wings of the Shekinah to the place of the throne. And I took him, that is, Enoch, the son of Jared, from among them, and I lifted him up with the sound of a trumpet and with a shout to the high heavens. To be, my wit- to be my witness together with the angels by the Merkabah, or the throne in the world to come. And that is a verse found in a very rare book that's hard to find called the Book of Third Enoch, or the Hebrew Book of Enoch, which is very close to the tradition of Kabbalah, or Jewish mysticism. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio today exploring sound mysticism in the Judeo-Christian tradition and Gnosticism. After the break, more from my series The Yoga of Sound, exploring sound mysticism in the great world religions, spiritual classics, mystics, and the Path of the Masters. Stay tuned. Spiritual Awakening Radio streams live every week at this time on HealthyLife.net, the positive talk radio network, and soon thereafter appears online as a podcast on demand, available to listen to or download. My name is James Bean. My website is SpiritualAwakeningRadio.com. Today's program is about the yoga of sound, auditory mysticism in the great world religions, traditions of mysticism, schools of spirituality, and the path of the masters. This week's program is part two. This week focused on the Judeo-Christian Gnostic traditions of the West and sound mysticism that has appeared in various texts, providing some evidence that, in some circles at least, in ancient times or the Middle Ages, there have been people in these traditions that have encountered the divine sound, had an auditory mysticism. Light is more common in the world religions, but there are some traditions where sound also has played a role. Gnosticism is certainly one of those traditions. This is a reading from the Secret Book of James from the Nag Hammadi Library of Egypt. Peter and I knelt down, gave thanks, and sent our hearts up to heaven. We heard with our ears and saw with our eyes the sound of battles and a trumpet's blast and utter turmoil. And when we had passed beyond that place, we sent our minds up further. We saw with our eyes and heard with our ears hymns and angelic praise and angelic rejoicing. Heavenly majesties were singing hymns and we ourselves were rejoicing. Secret Book of James, Nag Hammadi Library. There is supposedly a book of the Ascents of James, that once upon a time existed. It's essentially a lost apocryphal text, though I believe there is one scholar that has attempted to reconstruct his version of this book, which he believes was embedded in the Clementine homilies. Perhaps he is correct, I'm not sure. That would have been called the Ascents of James all about the heavenly travels of the Apostle James, brother of Jesus, and his spiritual successor, according to many sources, including saying 12 of the Gospel of Thomas, which says, James is the next leader of this Jesus movement. The following reading is from the Syriac Book of the Odes, the hymn book of the Jesus movement, during the first century A.D., Open your ears, and I shall speak to you. Give me yourself, so that I may also give you myself. St. Teresa of Avila, Spain once said, God so wishes us to return to him that he keeps calling to us again and again to approach him. It is due to his sweet, holy voice that our soul is lost in ecstasy and surrenders totally to his will. From the experience of another mystic who wrote down her experiences, Marjorie Kemp, from a spiritual classic called The Mirror of Love, I heard a noise like wind blowing in my ears and knew it for the sound of the Holy Spirit which became like the voice of a dove when the Lord spoke to me I lost all sense of time I did not know if he was with me five or six hours or only one it was so holy and full of grace that I felt as if I had been in heaven unquote a passage from The Mirror of Love from UK mystic Marjorie Kemp Hildegard of Bingen the German mystic wrote, To the Trinity be praise. God is music. God is life that nurtures every creature in its kind. The soul is kissed by God in its innermost regions. With interior yearning, grace and blessing are bestowed. With interior yearning, grace and blessing are Are bestowed. It is a yearning to take on God's gentle yoke. It is a yearning to give one's self to God's way. The marvels of God are not brought forth from one's self. Rather, it's more like a chord, a sound that is played. The tone does not come out of the chord itself, but rather through the touch of the musician. I am, of course, the harp of God's kindness. Walter Hilton, from his spiritual classic The Song of Angels, I think that no soul may truly feel the angels' song or heavenly sound unless it is in perfect love, though not all that are in perfect love have felt it, but only that soul who is so purified in the fire of love that all earthly savor is burnt out of it and all obstacles between the soul and the purity of angels are broken and put away from it. Then truly may he sing a new song and truly may he hear a blessed heavenly sound and angels song without deceit. Our Lord knows the soul that for abundance of burning love is worthy to hear Angel's Song Walter Hilton, The Song of Angels Which is published by Paulist Press one of the many volumes of the classics of Western spirituality The great masters teach that the sound of God is within everyone this holy stream of sound is within every living thing This is why those given to exploring inner space through contemplative meditation, be they from the East or the West, have discovered this reality playing within themselves. After the break, Hermes Trismegistus, the Corpus Hermeticum, and the Gnostic Gospels. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. Stay tuned. in one of his letters to the Corinthians the Apostle Paul described an experience that he once had a mystical experience of ascending to the third heaven hearing and seeing things that it was unlawful to disclose to the uninitiated secret things he did not want to repeat he had some kind of vision of the third heaven heard and saw things there that for him identified his experience as that of the third heaven as opposed to the second or the fourth. In the system that he evidently followed based on teachings of mystical Judaism, certain visions are associated with each of the heavens, certain lights and sounds or visions, and based on what he was seeing and hearing, he concluded he was experiencing the third heaven, which he refers to in his letter to the Corinthians as paradise. One day I was reading the book of 2nd Enoch, and in there too, the third heaven is called paradise. Evidently there was some Jewish mystical cosmology and the term paradise was associated with the third heaven. The experience Paul had was so vivid that he said he didn't know if he was in the body or out of the body, thus coining the term out-of-body experience. Since so much of the New Testament literature was banned, burned, or censored, there's so little left, it's hard to really make any conclusions, draw any conclusions about anything that you might read, the few scraps and bits and pieces or crumbs that are left. But if you were to access all of the writings of the period, those first couple of centuries AD, all the various Gospels, if you grab a copy of the Nag Hammadi Library, Pista Sophia or other texts, a bigger picture emerges. And there are other apostles who also describe experiences in various heavenly realms. Heaven number one, heaven number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number seven, number eight. This was something that was written about. This was something that some people experienced or believed in. The ascension of the soul through the heavens. That heaven's not just for dead people, but living contemplative souls can catch a glimpse of the heavenly realms too. That was a belief and that was a practice. Human beings can see something of the heavenly realms now. Human beings can hear something of the heavenly realms now. The early church father, Origen of Alexandria, described the spiritual senses that the soul has eyes, the soul has ears, has spiritual senses, and can interact with other realms. The following is from Hermes Trismegistus, the Corpus Hermeticum of Egypt. Listen within yourself, and look into the infinitude of space and time. There can be heard the songs of the constellations, the voices of the numbers and the harmonies of the spheres." That passage very much seems greatly influenced by the teachings of Pythagoras and the Pythagoreans about the mystical music of the spheres. Before the Sufi mystics of Islam, in ancient times there were Gnostics, Jewish Gnostics, Hermetic Gnostics, and Christian mystics who also described hearing the sound and seeing mystic visions of light and the heavens while in deep states of contemplative meditation. The following is from The Gnostic Mystery by Professor Andrea Diem Lane. In her book about Saint-Mont and Gnosticism, she frequently quotes from the Nag Hammadi Library, a New Testament-like collection of codices written in the Coptic language of Egypt, following a format of Gospels, spiritual discourses, and apocalypses, or books of revelation, attributed to various disciples. Man's soul shall become, when it leaveth the body, a great flood of light, so as to traverse all the regions until it cometh into the kingdom of mystery. I turned to myself and I saw light that surrounded me and the good that was in me. I became divine. A passage from the book of first Alligenus, which literally means the stranger or foreigner. In ancient times, there were several books of Alligenus. In this day and age, two have been unearthed in Egypt. And hopefully we'll get at some of the other books in the Alligenus series one of these days. In Trimorphic Proto-Noah, the Gnostic writer, in the voice of God, describes how this transformation takes place. I cast a sound into the ears of those who know me, and I am inviting you into the exalted, perfect light. Moreover, as for this light, when you enter it, you will be glorified, you will become gloriously glorious, the way you first were, when you were light. And I hid myself in everyone, and revealed myself within them, and every mind seeking me longed for me. For it is I who gave shape to the all, when it had no form. And I transformed their forms into other forms until the time when a form will be given to the all. And through me that the voice originated, and it is a word by virtue of a sound, it was sent to illumine those who dwell in darkness. I am a light that illuminates the all. I am the light that rejoices in my brethren, for I came down to the world of mortals." A very godlike voice. In the book of Trimorphic Protonoa, which is one of the more esoteric Sethian Gnostic texts that have secrets to tell, secret names, or seals, the five seals, the five names, the five sacred names associated with five different heavenly regions. And these names are to be repeated by the soul in their contemplative state. And these are like passwords that allow the soul to ascend past the first heaven, past the second, past the third, and so on. These are very Hebrew sounding names that are embedded in what's otherwise a Coptic text. Trimorphic Protonoa is one of the more interesting of the Gnostic Gospels of the Nag Hammadi Library. After the break, more of the Secrets of the Gnostics, Spiritual Practice, and initiation in Gnosticism, the ascent of the soul. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. Stay tuned. When it comes to the study of early Christian history and mysticism, this saying really applies. History is written by the victors. That's especially true of early Christian history, covering that period of the 1st century, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th centuries AD. Some things don't quite add up. Some things don't make sense that's my conclusion after hanging out with uh, this uh, period of time for a few decades researching apocryphal writings and the history of this period. I find that the Orthodox weren't really quite as Orthodox as we were led to believe. That books of the Nag Hammadi Library came out of a monastery founded by Saint Pacomius, claimed by Orthodoxy in the fourth century. Athanasius of Alexandria once said, God became man so that man might become God. I suppose he would have been burnt at the stake if he lived in the colonies a couple of centuries ago, perhaps near Salem, Massachusetts, for saying something like that. Early church fathers sometimes advocated following a vegetarian diet and quoted from the Gospel of the Hebrews a gospel followed by Hebrew Christians that had a Jesus proclaiming vegetarian ethics in it. Some early church fathers claimed by Orthodoxy and Catholicism were very strong vegetarians quoting from the gospel of the Hebrews saying we should all be vegetarians. Some early church fathers quoted from the book of First Enoch as scripture. They'd be quoting saying, it is written in the scriptures, and the quote actually comes from the Book of First Enoch. Gnostic teacher Valentinus of Alexandria during the second century actually thought he had a shot at becoming Bishop of Rome, a.k.a. the Pope. What kind of Christianity is that? Not quite as orthodox as we were led to believe. And rather than a decimated library filled with empty shelves, Christians during the early centuries read all sorts of books. Not just 27, not just four Gospels. Gospel of Peter, Gospel of Thomas, Gospel of Philip, Gospel of Truth. Hundreds of books! What kind of Christianity is that when in your Pocomian library you have monks studying Trimorphic Protonoa, the Book of Alleghenus? Odes of Solomon, and all of these amazing writings. Hundreds of books, a kind of Egyptian book of the dead in Egypt, a kind of Tibet of the West, filled with mystics and monks, and hundreds of texts that present a very different form of Christianity. What kind of Christianity is that if you add the Nag Hammadi library to it and all of these other uh, Gnostic texts? Uh, People read those texts and followed the practices found in those texts, advocated by those texts. That's a very different sort of Christianity, more Eastern, more Eastern kind of orientation. History is written by the victors, but things weren't quite as orthodox as we were led to believe. The mysticism of sound in the Judeo-Christian Gnostic traditions today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. When describing the philosophical nature of the cosmos, Gnostic writers emphasize this sound current variously, referred to as the word, logos, speech, voice, or simply sound. Also throughout Gnostic texts, reference is made to the manifestation of a mystical light, a real light scene known as treasury of light immeasurable light etc it says in trimorphic protonoa i am the word who dwells in the ineffable silence i dwell in the undefiled light and a thought revealed itself perceptibly through the great sound and it the sound exists from the beginning in the foundations of the all But there is a light that dwells hidden in the silence, and it was the first to come forth. I alone am the Word. It was the first to come forth. I alone am the Word. Ineffable, incorruptible, immeasurable, inconceivable. The Word is a hidden light, being unreproducible, an immeasurable light, the source of all. It is the foundation that supports every movement of the aeons that belong to the mighty glory. It is the founding of every foundation, it is the breath of the powers, it is the eye of the three permanences, which exist as a voice by virtue of a thought, and it is a word by virtue of the sound. I, the word, became a foundation for the all, the cosmos, the universe, the multiverse, Trimorphic Protoa, more, from Trimorphic proto I am a voice speaking softly I exist from the first I dwell within the silence and it says in thunder perfect mind I am the silence that is incomprehensible I am the voice whose sound is manifold and the word whose appearance is multiple I am the hearing which can be attained by everyone He is the first father of the all. He is the first being. He is the first source. He it is whose voice has penetrated everywhere. He is the first sound whereby the all perceives and understands from a hymn in the untitled text of the Bruce Codex. I believe that Gnostic practice looks something like this. There is... Uh, a meditation cave like the ones uh, found near Nag Hammadi, where the books were found near the Nag Hammadi discovery site. In the silence and in the otherworldly darkness of the night or the starry Egyptian sky, monks would sit in silence and meditate and would repeat five rather Hebrew sounding names in what's otherwise a Coptic manuscript Coptic language manuscript like Trimorphic Protonor they would repeat these names these names are associated with different heavenly realms the four lights and the self-begotten one in the fifth realm beyond that and it was like pressing the elevator button going up, a kind of ascension process and beyond that is light and then contemplating divine sound which brings one to a greater level of stillness and otherworldly soul travel or transport into heavenly realms. To receive a copy of today's program and the whole series on the Yoga of Sound, send me an email at this address, James at James at spiritual or send a text message to this number five zero eight six zero three nine three eight one visit my website spiritualawakeningradio.com for a spiritual awakening i'm james bean thanks for listening